0: That's ljsinnercircle.com, or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Enjoy listening to the LJS podcast? Don't keep it to yourself. Leave a review on iTunes and share your favorite episode with a friend. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Brent, and you're listening to the LJS Podcast. The LJS Podcast is the podcast where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. Uh, if you're a regular listener, welcome back. Always so glad to have you, whether you're listening from our home base on LearnJazzStandards.com on iTunes or any other podcast listening service, and of course, if this is your first time listening to the LGS podcast, I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're tuning in. I know you're going to get uh, a lot out of today's episode. Uh, this is a great episode. Um, but first, I just want to talk about last week's episode really quick. It was such an awesome episode uh, last week. If you if you didn't listen to last week's episode fifty two. We had our first birthday celebration for the LGS podcast, uh, celebrating one year of weekly podcast broadcasts. And, um, it, oh man, it was such a great episode. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I like to have special guests on interspersed uh, through my solo shows here, uh, like we're having today. And and I had eight special guests on the show last week, and they're all sharing Uh, their musical failures, what they learned from them, and how they bounced back from them. It's just a value-packed episode, and so I encourage you, if you didn't listen to that last week, after you're done listening to this episode, go back and listen to episode 52, because I just would not want you to miss out on that special birthday episodes with eight special guests, so be sure to check back with that. Now, on today's episode 53, Uh, As always, I'm so stoked about every episode, um, and I always say I'm super excited because I truly am. Um, Today, I'm talking about how you can improve your jazz solos by using guide tones. Now, guide tones, it may be a familiar uh, concept to you. It may not be, Um, but I'm going to be talking all about that today, and it really stems from a question that I get from a lot of my students, which is, how do I get the chord changes to come out in my solos? You know, how do I navigate chord changes better so that I can play jazz standards better and other music better. And this really is a great way to conceptualize that and, and take some practical steps uh, to do that. So I'm going to talk a lot more about that in just a second, but let's move on to this next segment. All right, that means that it's that time in the show to do our segment Ask LJS. Now, if you've never listened to the show before, what Ask LJS is, is listeners like you can call into our podcast questions hotline, leave a voicemail with a jazz question, and it could be answered on a future LJS podcast episode. Uh, Any question works. If I don't know the answer to the question or I don't feel I'm authority on the question, I will find someone who does. Now, if you want to call into that podcast hotline, it's 910-LJS-CAST, or that's 910-557-2278. Let's take this week's listener question.
1: Hello, this is Brian from Omaha, and uh, I've got a question on what your opinion would be on how a person might approximate a jazz studies degree without actually uh, going to the college and, and getting the actual degree, maybe for someone who has a degree in another area. Um, obviously, there are textbooks that are uh, uh, assigned for courses. You know, which ones are good ones? What have you found? Maybe there are some sources on on learnjazzstandards.com, that would be the equivalent of an arranging course or a theory course, etc. cetera. Um, and this is all assuming that a person would arrange for their own private lessons somewhere or maybe through Skype as well as um, arranging uh, sessions to play uh, live with other musicians. But as far as the coursework, what might you recommend for the various courses without a person having to pay the, the high tuition bills? Thank you.
0: Hey, Brian from Omaha, thanks so much for calling the LGS podcast, and I really appreciate your question. That's an interesting question for sure. Now, back in episode 45, I had special guest Josiah Bornation on, and we talked about, uh, should I go to college for jazz? And we talked about the pros and cons of it. Uh, what maybe could be helpful about that structured uh, environment and maybe what some of the things that aren't good about that. And I just want to say to you, first of all, and and to all the listeners, that, of course, you don't have to go to college for jazz. Um, A lot of the jazz education is way outside of that. It's going to gigs, it's playing jam sessions, it's listening, it's practicing and all this stuff. Um, But I think your question more gets to the heart of you'd like to take arranging courses and music theory courses, some of that more um, formal classroom-like, Study and um, the only part of your question that's kind of stumping me is uh, at the price uh, that that doesn't have high tuition prices because I I think even uh, really quality courses out there are still going to cost you some money. Um, The easily the best resource for really great courses uh, on any of those topics that you mentioned would be uh, the Berkeley. Uh, college of Music online programs. They offer uh, music theory, harmony, ear training, music production, music business, piano and keyboard, I mean uh, arranging. you name it, they have a course for it Now it does come at a fairly elevated price. you can get it with without credits, you know for no college credit um, just for your uh, learning pleasure. Um, but Berkeley College of Music, I mean that's that's a really great resource if you really want to get a really high quality class. So that's the one that really comes to mind. Um, as far as books goes, Um, A really great book is The Jazz Theory Book by Mark Levine. That's a good one to check out. Um, Now, of course, uh, again, this kind of comes a little bit more when it comes to books. It comes a little bit more with uh, your... Your own individual work ethic. Um, you know, Learn Jazz Standards, we have an awesome course called 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing, and that's more of a, a practicing course. It's a 30 day course that leads you through uh, 30 days of focused, goal oriented practicing, um, and that's a great course. A lot of our students are loving that course. Now, as far as music theory and stuff like that, and we do have. Uh, A course like that coming out later in this year. Um, I can't tell you exactly what's on yet. It's a secret. So I know that doesn't completely answer your question. And I would invite any of the listeners right now, if you know of any great sources for courses or anything like that for Brian, go to the show notes at learnjazzstandards.com podcast, this episode 53, and leave some of those resources in the comments. I know he'd love to hear some of that stuff. Now, if you'd like to join Brian and asking a question on the LJS podcast, call the hotline. It's 910 cast or 910 557 2278. All right, now on to today's topic about guide tones and how they can help improve your jazz solos. Now, I've been very hard at work for the last several months on a brand new ebook we're going to be launching on learnjazzstandards.com called Zero to Improv. And the whole idea around the book is is becoming a better jazz improviser from the ground up. So really leaving no stone unturned, starting from the the beginning, getting all the essentials, the fundamentals and working up 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 Becoming a Better Jazz Improviser, and I'm so excited to release this book. It's really awesome. Right now, uh, it's in the editing phase. We have fact checkers. We have uh, people no- uh, editing notation, recording exercises, our designers working on the book. So it's very exciting, and I'm so excited to release it to you. It's going to come out ...in April 2017. If you're listening from the future, it may be out in the LGS store um, right now. But very excited to release this to you. And so I thought it'd be cool to talk about Guide Tones because Guide Tones is actually um, a section in the book and I go into really great depth um, in the book. But I think it'd be great to talk about that today. Now... For today's episode, since there's a lot of musical examples and stuff I'm going to be talking about, uh, there's going to be extensive show notes today. So if you want to uh, go to the show notes, go to learnjazzstandards.com, podcast in the top menu, episode uh, 53, and you can find the show notes, all the examples I'm talking about today. All right, now what are guide tones? Here's a definition for you. Guide tones are notes within a chord structure that both help define a chord and can be used to transition to another chord melodically now this is very important because in jazz we have chord progressions like any kind of music and when we're improvising when we're soloing we're trying to transition between all of these chords the the big question around jazz improvisation is how do we connect the dots right that, that's the big question how do we get from one chord to the next in a melodic fashion and, and, and while learning jazz language by ear, by learning licks, by learning solos, that's something we talk about all the time on this show and on our website, uh, we need to also conceptualize jazz language sometimes. And guide tones is a great way to do that. Okay, now the most common guide tones in jazz are the thirds. And the sevenths. Now, just in case you're not sure what I mean when I'm saying thirds and sevenths, uh, if you're a little bit new to some jazz theory concepts, I'm gonna go back for one second. Um, What you need to understand is seventh chord formulas. In jazz, we use seventh chords primarily, which is a little different from rock or pop music where you use typically triads. Um, So you have to understand the formulas for all this stuff. And it's all based off of a scale. So uh, if you have a C major scale, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, each scale is seven notes and each represents a scale tone. Now to create a triad, uh, it's the root the third and the fifth. And whether it's major or minor or augmented or diminished, uh, those tones will be altered. But let's go over really quickly just a crash course on seventh chord formulas. Again, this is going to be in the show notes, really easy for you to see. For a major seven, to construct a major seven chord, it's root, third, fifth, seventh. No flatted, no flats, no sharps, no nothing. Just root, third, fifth, seventh. Uh, dominant seven is root, third, fifth, flat seven. Minor seventh is root, flat three, fifth, flat seven. Half diminished, also known as a minor seven flat five, is the root, the flat three, flat five, flat seven. And diminished seven is root, flat three, flat five, double flat seven. Now, uh, this is easier to see if you're on the show notes, but uh, if you're listening for a second, take my word for it. If you look at the important notes in all of those chords, that kind of defines the difference between all those chords. It's the third and the seventh, okay? The difference between a major seven and a dominant seven is the flat seven. The difference between a dominant seven and a minor seven is a flat three. Um, you can also argue that when you get to half diminished, there's that flat five in there, and that can be considered... Uh, a guide tone as well, but the really important ones are the thirds and sevenths. Okay, so the thirds and sevenths are the guide tones that you want to be paying attention to in your jazz solos and how they move. Okay, that's really really important. Now, for example, in a C major seven chord, the third is E, right? That's the third. Uh, tone of the scale c d e so e is the third and the seventh is b right b is the seventh tone of the scale c d e f g a b seventh tone so that's the thirds and the sevenths of a c major seven chord now, like I've already mentioned, the magic of guide tones is not in a single chord, though, like a C major 7. It's in a chord progression because we want to see how these chords connect together and what are the, the defining notes, the difference, the differentiating notes between each chord. So uh, one of the most popular, most important chord progressions you can know in jazz is the 2 5 1. Now if you don't understand chord progressions what the numbers mean I would highly suggest uh, going to learnjazzstandards.com and search for an article called How to Harmonize a Major Scale with 7th Chords. Okay, look that up. That's really going to help answer a lot of your questions. And in the book, Zero to Improv, um, we cover that really extensively, actually. Um, really, no stone is left unturned. Um, but for now, a two-five-one in the key of C, of concert C, would be D minor 7. It's a minor 7th chord. G7. That's the five. It's a dominant seven chord and C major seven, which is the one chord. So D minor seven, G seven, C major seven. That will be on the show notes. And let's really quickly uh, listen to what it sounds like when you play only the guide tones together at the same time, not separated uh, for each one of those chords. Let's listen to this. Now, that's without the bass notes in each one of those chords, so it's just the thirds and sevenths, but you can already hear the harmonic movement, right? You can hear the difference between those chords. Let's listen to this with the bass notes in each chord really quick. So that bass note, it really helps to give some great context with those thirds and sevenths, but the thirds and sevenths are really the powerhouse. They're the ones dictating the the direction of the harmony. And and really quickly, what are the thirds and sevenths in a in D minor seven, a G seven, a C major seven? That's a two five one. The starting from the third, first, and then the second, the seventh, the, the third of the D minor seven is F, and then C is the seventh. The third of a G seven is B natural and the seventh is F. And then the third of a C major seven is E, and the seventh is B. Now, that's, if you listen to the example, um, I I didn't write them in that order, though. They weren't written uh, third, seventh, third, seventh, third, seventh for each chord. Uh, Actually, I was exercising something called voice leading. It's another thing that's really talked a lot about in Zero to Improv. Um, And so we'll we'll talk about that really quickly. But first, let's hear what these thirds and sevenths sound like as separated notes, not played um, right next to each other. (laughs) Special thanks to Finale, the notation software I use uh, for those really cheesy sounding MIDI chords. Uh, We have really professional recordings coming in for the book. Um, But that just helps you get some context so you can hear those guide tones being voice-led. Now, so voice leading, what is the definition of voice leading? Voice leading is the smooth melodic movement of notes or voices from one chord to the next. So guide tones are the objects that you're using. Those are the powerhouse chord tones that you want to use. They're the notes within a chord structure that help define the chord. And then voice leading is taking those and connecting them smoothly in a melodic fashion so if you're on the show notes you can really see this really easily i have uh, some arrows there for you so you can see how this is happening but the seventh is essentially resolving to the third of the d minor seven the seventh is resolving to the third of the g7 and the third of the g7 is resolving to the seventh of the c major seven the seventh is c on d minor seven and the third is b on the g7 so those are really those are just a half a uh, half step away from each other. And then the third of G7 resolving to the seventh of C major seven is simple because they're both B natural. So that's actually a really interesting phenomenon. That's called voice leading. It's just finding the nearest note in common. And if you look at the, at the first note uh, the, of, of beat one of each of these measures here, the third is F of D minor and the seventh of G is also F. So no need to switch notes there. And then the seventh of G7 is F, right? And then the third of C major 7 is E. So the difference between F and E, that's, just again, a half step away. So you're just basically moving these voices in in the the most easy, fluent way to move them. So that's voice leading. Now, there's a rule that goes with this. Uh, I call it the the thirds and sevenths 251 rule. And so the rule is when chords are cycling in force such as a in the case of a 251, right? D to G that's a fourth away, a fourth interval and G to C that's a fourth interval. The third of a minor 7 chord will always be the seventh of the preceding dominant 7th chord, okay? And that's the case the 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 third of a D minor 7 is F and the seventh of a G7 is F, okay? Now, uh, the other rule is the third of a dominant seven will always be the seventh of the preceding major seven chord, okay? And that's the same case. So, the third of a G7 is B natural, and the seventh of, uh, uh, of C major seventh is B. So, that's, that's an interesting rule to abide by. Now, in addition, there's another uh, rule I call the thirds and sevenths half-step rule, And again, when chords are cycling in fourths, like the two, five, one, the seventh of a minor seven chord will always resolve to the third of a dominant seven chord by a half, a half step. So the seventh of a D minor seven is C natural. The third of a G seven is B natural. Those are a half step away. Uh, The seventh of a dominant seven chord will always resolve to the third of a major seven chord by a half step. So again, G seventh, what's the seventh? It's F, okay? That's that flat seven, F. C major seven, what's the third? It's E. F and E, those are a half step away from each other. So those are just some rules to think about when you're you're thinking about voice leading. It's a way to conceptualize some of this stuff. So now, if all this has confused you, especially if you're not looking at the show notes, don't worry at all, okay? The idea is... You want to start identifying where those guide tones are, those thirds and sevenths are in different chord progressions and in songs. And then once you identify them, as we just did in the two, five, one, you want to try to voice lead them, but you also want to try to connect them together into a melodic line. So here's a lick that I wrote, and I had two goals when writing this lick. And number one was keep it diatonic. I I don't want to throw any chromatic notes into it um, just to keep it simple. And number two is I wanted to connect the sevenths and the thirds and a half step motion. Okay, it goes back to the thirds and sevenths half step rule and also goes to the thirds and sevenths two, five, one rule I just went over. So I'm voice leading and I'm connecting them with guide tones. So listen to this lick really quick. Gotta love that MIDI swing playback. Uh, So this lick, of course, it's not the uh, most creative of licks. There's no chromaticism in it. Uh, It's really tied down to the fact that each chord is going to be connected by a third of one chord and the seventh of the next chord. But when you listen to this lick, you can hear the chords change, right? You can hear the harmony unfolding, and they're just connected melodically by other chords. Pitch collections, I like to call them, you know, you could call it uh, core tones or you could call it scales, um, but notes that will fill in the blanks between those voice-led guide tones. So the big takeaway here today is to identify those guide tones in the jazz standards that you're learning. Uh, those are the powerhouse notes. And if you can at least identify where those notes are, be able to navigate them on your instrument, you're going to know those pivotal notes that make the difference between one chord and the other, which is how you start hearing chord changes come out in your solos. You know, a lot of amateur improvisers, it just kind of sounds like they're playing around in the key center and you can't really hear those chord changes moving. But this is really uh, one of the tickets, there's other elements in there, chromaticism, um, approach tones. There's a lot of uh, theory stuff that also has gone over inside of Zero to Improv. But guide tones is one of the ways you can do this. So l- let's, let's try this for a second. I'm going to apply this thirds and sevenths guide tones concept to a jazz standard. And the one I always use, it's the easiest, is all the things you are. It's a great study in cycling of force. So it really works well for voice leading guide tones. Listen to this. so I spared you this time some more midi torture. Uh, you know, as a musician, I'm always blown away how just by playing the thirds and sevenths, the guide tones of the chords in a chord progression can make the harmony come out. You know, I, can, I could hear all the things you are uh, when I was listening to that exercise, when I played that exercise. I could hear the music come to life. And if we can start taking melodic lines and voice leading them and connecting them together and think about the thirds and sevenths of all the chords, well, you're going to start hearing the chord changes come out in your solo. And that's a huge part about becoming a better improviser. So the challenge for today is to take a jazz standard that you know really well already. You don't need to go learn a new one. Just take one that you know already and map out the guide tones, the thirds and sevenths of each chord and see if you can voice lead them. Now remember, all the stuff I talked about today, including that exercise that I just played for you, is in the show notes at learnjazzstandards.com podcast in the top menu, episode 53. So feel free to check that out. All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks so much for listening and for tuning in and as always, if you have anything else to add to today's show, uh, go to the show notes as I just directed you at LearnJazzStandards.com podcast and episode 53. We'd love to hear from you. This is a jazz community. And if you want to get uh, updated on when our new ebook Zero to Improv will be launched in April, uh, make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. If you're subscribed to the newsletter, you're pretty much on the inside of everything that's happening at LearnJazzStandards.com. You can do that by going to LearnJazzStandards.com slash newsletter and get subscribed there. And if you enjoy this show, as always, go to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out. It helps other people discover the show takes less than one minute. So go for it. Go to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. All right. We're going to be coming out with a brand new episode 54 next week on the LGS podcast. We'll see you then.